Well, hey, this is Joey Furjanic, lead pastor of the Block Church. I want to thank you for joining us today. It's an honor to share this time together with you. We hope this message will touch, impact, and transform your life and help take us one step further on our journey to revive every block. What's up, everybody? So glad you're with us. My name is Joey. I'm the lead pastor here. Honored that you're with us. Want to welcome our physical locations and our online family. Are you guys ready to hear the word of God today? Amen. Well, I've got two important things before I get into the preaching today. First and foremost is on September 18th. It is our eight-year anniversary. Come on, somebody. We've made it. And we're kicking off our eight-year anniversary with a special event. Uh, our anniversary is called Here to Stay. It's on the 18th. Uh, you got to be here. The 18th kicks off six weeks of very, 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 the most important moment in the history of our church. I'll be sharing so many amazing things. And so the 18th, you got to be here. There's invites on your seat. Don't just be here. Bring people with you. If you're online, you can be here and invite people online or fly in to join us. When I tell you it is the most important six weeks in the history of our church that starts on the 18th, I am not lying. Need you to be a part of this. If you're, if you're going to be committed to that, can you just say amen? amen. All right, God's going to do something special. Second thing real quick is I want to actually congratulate congratulate Ebony Wortham, uh, who goes to our Northwest location. She was just appointed executive U.S. attorney for community engagement, uh, serving here in our state. And it's a big deal. And I just wanted to honor her in our church family. And I know many of you are doing a lot of accomplishments, but I just wanted to celebrate that. It's, it's pretty amazing. All right, here we go. Uh, let me ask you a question. Have you ever been duped before? Uh, th this happens sometimes uh, when you book Airbnbs. <laughs> Anybody. Uh, and, uh, and there's some great Airbnb hosts, okay? Uh, but, but sometimes there's not great Airbnb hosts. For instance, I was uh, flying uh, from here to Texas to go to a conference. My wife had, was speaking in Arizona and she was meeting me there. She got to Texas before I did and I'm on the airplane and she's texting me and going, we are not staying at this Airbnb. And I'm like, well, why not? You know, I'm like, it was economical. It looked great uh, on the internet. And like, she's like, it smells like smoke. Our kids are going to die in here, you know? And I'm like, I'm like, okay, are you like, we could probably make it, you know, like, let's just open the window. And like, so, one thing about my wife, like, we're going to like, when she's made up her mind, she has made up her mind. When I got there, we did not go to that Airbnb. And I heard about it the rest of the trip. Because sometimes something is presented to you. Uh, sometimes you have an idea of something uh, that you think is going to be reality. It should be this way, and then it's not. It, it happens all the time. It happens in a few ways. It, it happens maybe because you're lied to. It happens maybe because things change. Or it happens because your expectations are wrong. Now, I'm not saying that you should have wrong expectations on a business or Airbnb and so forth, but I, I think I can translate this to our relationship with God. Uh, there is a lot of times that I define my relationship with God 
with this statement. This is not what I thought. Have you been there? This is, this is not what I thought it would be. I thought it would be different than this. I, I, I thought I'd be further than this. I, I thought it would be better than this. Something that I'm learning, and this message is coming from a place of in process. Something that I'm learning is, is God is not here to meet my expectations. But if I let him, if I stay faithful, if I keep the faith, it feels like all the time when I trust the process, he doesn't meet my expectations. He exceeds them. That's the mighty God we serve. And so today I want to preach a message called, it's not what we thought. It's not, excuse me, it's not what I thought. It can be we too. God bless. And we're in this mini-series, Fam, I Love You. And uh, some folks will get, get baptized today, adopted next week, baptized today. And, and some folks walked in here and honestly, they didn't think church was going to be like this. They didn't even feel compelled to, to, to follow Jesus in this journey. It, it, but God will exceed your expectation and you'll end up in a tank today. Your journey with God's always better than you think. It's just not what you think. And there's a, a story I want to go to in scripture. It's Acts chapter 16. Before I read uh, a little context, Paul, the apostles on his second missionary journey, Paul and Silas are ministering together and are attempting to go to Asia, but the Spirit of God is keeping them or protecting them. Have you ever tried to do something? Wouldn't work. Later on, you saw it as protection. In the moment, you're just frustrated. Uh, they try to go to Turkey, but God prevents them from going there too. Then Paul has a vision in verse 9 and 10 to go to Macedonia. This is Greece to minister. They, they left at once. Acts 16 verse 9, that night Paul has a vision. A man from Macedonia and northern Greece standing there pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. So, so this is kind of where the story picks up. Now, I'm going to read verse 16, but in verse basically 13, 14, when they get there, they start to see ministry success right away. They lead this household to the Lord. They're baptizing people. They're feeling good. Hey, we made a good move. We got a vision. We went for it. We were obedient to God. And then verse 16. One day, as we were going down to the place of prayer, good thing to go and do, we meet a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. You know, there are not just spiritual prophets who can tell the future, but there are also demonic activity and, and sorcerers, and there, there's still active uh, witches, and uh, there are, there's active uh, psychics, if you will, that might speak into the future. Uh, but not for the sake of the kingdom of God. She earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes. Verse 17, she followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the most high God and they've come to tell you how to be saved. First of all, the devil knows who you are and he knows who God is. 
And what I see here and what you should pay attention to is when you're trying to be obedient to God, when you're attempting to do something for God, and I'm not just talking about uh, ministering on a stage. Uh, I'm not just talking about holding a microphone. I'm talking about living a life worthy of your calling. I'm talking about being faithful to your spouse. I'm talking about winning people to Christ at your workplace. I'm talking about living a life pure, holy, righteous, people of the word of God. I I'm telling you, whenever you attempt to live for God, you will encounter three things. Here's the first one, natural resistance. This is the laws of nature. Uh, laws of nature really are, hey, you want to start a business? There's going to be resistance. It's hard. Want to live for God? Want to do the right thing that's countercultural? Going to have some natural resistance. Expect that. Don't be defeated by that. Expect that. Here's the second one I see uh, in these couple verses is you're going to experience demonic pushback. Demonic pushback is unexplainable challenges or pains, but these things are not enough to take you out. You can experience, this is a demonic pushback that they're experiencing in their journey of obedience. You've probably experienced that, but you didn't have words for it or you didn't understand the spiritual implications of it. Let me tell you something. When you see and experience some pushback in your life that's a little bit unexplainable, it's probably more spiritual than you think. Here's the third one. When you're really starting to follow God and when you're really starting to, 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 to be obedient to him and do something significant for him, it exposes you to other attacks. Paul and Silas just doing their thing, bothered by this, 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 this person filled with a spirit. And what she does is she says, hey, everybody, these guys, she blows their cover, if you will. Christianity, this new way of following Christ, it wasn't exactly popular. And so what she does is she exposes them to other attacks. And in following God, and I'm not trying to scare you, I'm just trying to be honest with you, is following God and being obedient to God, it exposes you to other attacks. And sometimes this exposure can be unbearable or crushing, even attempts on your life when you're obedient. I'm not saying it always happens, but I'm telling you the deeper you press into God and the greater your level of faith and risk, the enemy does not want you to take ground. That's why crazy stuff happens when you're obedient. It's like, I just tithed for the first time and every car I ever had broke on me. You know, I mean, that's a great example, right? It's like, it's like we just got out of a marriage conference and all of a sudden my spouse is going nuts and yelling at me for nothing. It's like, well, you got to pay attention. There, there's exposure. The enemy wants to always take back ground that you've taken, always. But I say all that to say this. I, I know this is true because you see it in the Old Testament. It's, it's the whole way through the Bible. This is New Testament, but look, Noah had hostile people. He had rain. He had a boat. He, he, he had challenges. Moses had Pharaoh and also ungrateful people. Joseph had Potiphar's wife. He had prison. Elijah had Jezebel, isolation. David had Goliath and Saul. The prophets had evil kings. What I'm saying is you're not alone when you are exposed or when you have pushback. All the great heroes of faith had drama. And I'm not talking about the kind of drama that you create on your own because you're dramatic. I'm talking about drama from the enemy that is afraid 
of the God inside of you and the purpose on your life. And when these things happen, it's like, man, I, this is not what I thought. Now, verse 16 and 17 is pretty chill. Okay, so you got this demon girl bothering us. She's shouting about us. It's not that big of a deal yet. But in verse 18, the Bible says, this went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated uh, that... Uh, excuse me, I lost my place, that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And instantly it left her. Her master's hopes of wealth were now shattered. So they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged him before the authorities at the marketplace. Okay, now it got serious. What's, what's interesting here, what I, what, I, what, I, what I think is relevant is in life and especially this cultural climate, you do one thing right for one person and it can be wrong to somebody else. You know, it's like, this is parenting and, and pastoral ministry at its finest. Like I'll tell Jovi, my, my daughter, you're so beautiful. And then Maverick will be right next to me going, am I not handsome? I'm like, bro, shut up. You know, like, you know, it was like, that's a, that's a funny example. But like, I, I heard this story about uh, uh, this pastor and in their church, they started to reach undesirable folks. They started to reach people who didn't know Jesus. And they started to reach some homeless and, and, and some, some people that, that, uh, that ch- folks who had been in the church a long time were uncomfortable with. They said with their mouth, oh, let's grow and reach the world. But when they started to do it, they got a little bit uncomfortable. Uh, the thing is, is, is he ends up getting fired for this. And he's devastated. But the lesson that he learned is you can't please everybody. And doing God's will is going to bless some and bother others. Uh, doing God's will in your life is going to bless you. It's going to bless some, and it's going to bother some other haters. And, and what's happening here is, is Paul and Silas set this girl free, but the enemy was no longer using this girl, which means the people who were receiving money for her could no longer benefit from her. So now they're extra bothered. Uh, don't be surprised. When you do something good for God, it blesses somebody and somebody else is bothered by it. It's happened a million times in my life. I advance in the kingdom of God and somebody's bothered or jealous. I I, I take a step toward righteous living. I take a step towards purity. I take a step towards, uh, you 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 name it, uh, obedience. And somebody's like, what? You're you're giving, uh, you're serving, uh, you're you're showing up, you're inviting, you're living different. You don't do that anymore. I'm bothered by this. Well, be bothered, brother. (laughs) I'd rather be blessed than worried about you being bothered. But it doesn't come without some of its natural challenges. Verse 20 says the whole city is in an uproar because of these Jews. 
They, they, they shouted to the city officials, they are teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. Then in verse 22, a mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. This is where I get frustrated. I'm like, cool, God, down for a little drama. Uh, uh, cool, people are bothered, fine. But like, God, you sent me here and this is not what I thought it would be. Sure, I've had some successes in verse 13 and 14. We, we see this whole household come to you. You could have said, good job, mission done accomplished, go home now. But no, God, you had to stay here. And now we're beaten up. Our bodies are broken. We're in a dungeon. This is not what I thought. Have you been there? Have you been there where you're like, God, this is not the way it's supposed to be. Some of you are going, I I've been pure, waiting for marriage and I'm still single. This is not what I thought. Some of you are going, I've got this sickness and this disease and it's, it's not fair. This is not what I thought. Ministry is so hard. This is not what I thought it would be. Marriage was supposed to be good and it's not. This is not what I thought it was, what it was supposed to be. My kids are a mess and they're far from you, God. I thought I'd make more money by now. I thought I'd have a promotion by now. Christianity has questions that aren't getting answered the way I want. It's not what I thought. Have you been there? I'll be honest with you. If you haven't been there, and not I'm not saying all these examples, but if you've never asked that question, never said, God, this isn't what I thought. I don't know if you're fully into faith as risky and as drastically as you should be. You know the song, King of My Heart? You know, it goes, you're never gonna let, never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You are good, good. Oh, I hate that song. <laughs> I really do. Good song, God bless them. I, I just struggle singing it because I'm going, well, I feel like I've been let down a few times. Can I just be honest with you? Come on, talk to me. I'm like, you're never gonna let, never gonna let me down. And then I'm like, I feel really let down. Really, really, really let down. I really hate this person and I really don't like that this is happening, but you are good, you know? I'm like, dog. All the time. Why? Why, God, did you send us here to throw us into a dungeon? Why, God, did you send us here to be beaten, to experience all this pain? God, why didn't you heal me yet? Why, why hasn't this worked out yet? Why is this so difficult? Man, I'm preaching to myself. Why is ministry sometimes so hard? Why don't people stay and follow you? And why don't people be discipled and hear from you and why this and why that. And there's a lot of times in my life where I'm going, this is not what I thought. Reminds me of more of Paul's life. He's 
imprisoned, he's shipwrecked, on and on. And yet we find him writing letters of great joy in jail. We find him getting to the end of his life going, I fought the good fight. I, I ran the race. My life is not my own. To, to, to live is gain, but to die is gain. I mean, to, to be with Christ. Like he's, he's just so content. How? Here's what I'm learning. God's not here to meet my expectations. He's willing to exceed them if I let him, if I trust him, if I don't quit, I don't see the full picture. God does. We have to shift our perspective from people who failed us and stop projecting our pain from people to God. We do it all the time. God, my, my family, my parents, my dad failed me and it's your fault. But God has the final word and it's not over yet. God didn't fail me and God's plan didn't fail me. It's just that God's plan's not complete yet and I've got something to learn. I've got a test to pass. I, I've got a challenge to overcome. I, I, I don't see the full picture and I know this because in verse 25, the Bible says, around midnight, Paul and Silas are praying and singing hymns to God. These people are saved. Me, in the dungeon, I'm cursing hymns. Man, I'm not that holy yet. God, help me get here. And this is why God exceeds their expectations because they were always praising and singing. They were praising in their pain. They were singing in their struggle. They were declaring victory where they didn't see it. You know why? Because faith comes by hearing. We don't see what we need. We hear what we need. And then they keep going and the other prisoners are listening. They're bothered. They're blessing God. And suddenly there's a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations and all the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell back and I can hear them singing, you're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. And they're just declaring this and they're saying, God, you are good. You are good. You are good. Like God, help me get there. Don't you want to be there? This is where God exceeds our expectations, but we have to have the faith to stay. We have to have the faith to fight. We've got to have the faith to be faithful. We've got to have the faith to be courageous, the faith to win, the faith that God didn't send me here to die, the faith that if he did, it'll be good for the kingdom. I heard Rick Warren say this. He, he's near retiring. He said, he said, you know what hell is for me? Hearing at the end of my life what God could have done with me if I would have just had the faith for it. Verse 27, the jailer wakes up to see the prison doors open and he assumed the prisoners had escaped. So he drew his sword to kill himself, but Paul shouted to him, Stop, don't kill yourself, we're all here. The jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? 
They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. Even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Then he and everyone in the household were immediately baptized. Come on, somebody. He brought them into his house and set a meal before them. And he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. This is not what I thought it would be, God. But it's better. It's better. It's better. See, the thing is, is meeting my expectations would be that this didn't happen. But how God exceeded it is, is I got set free in a miraculous, dramatic story of miracles. You know what? The jailer getting saved, right? That's exceeding their expectation. The very guy that was their enemy is now cleaning their wounds. The story's not over yet. I know it's not what you thought, but he's good. He's good. He's good. He's not done. He's not finished with you yet. He's not finished with our church yet. Our best days are in front of us. I don't care what's happened over the last couple years. I do, but I'm just saying all the pains and the hurts and the struggles we've had, like he's not done. I don't know the end. He's not finished yet. And that's why I can declare, and I want every person to stand with me at every location. I don't care if you're home, stand with me. And I want you to declare that, that you're never going to let, you're never going to let me down. I believe it. That you're never going to let, you're never going to. Come on, declare it in faith that Jesus, you're never going to let, you're never going to let me down. No, no, you're never going to let, you're never. Because you are good, you're good. Oh, we believe it. You are good. You're good. Oh, one more time, we believe you are good. So good. Oh, because you are good. You're so good. With every head bowed, every eye closed, every person under the sound of my voice, we've got a decision to make today. I know life, your journey may not have been what you thought, but God wants to exceed that, I'm telling you. But the first step in this is surrender. And you might be here today, you might be listening to me today, and you are far from Jesus. You're far from Jesus. You used to be in relationship with him, but you're just not anymore, or you've never invited him to be your leader, your miracle worker, your way maker. And if that's you today, and you're saying, I need Jesus in my life at every location, even online. If you're saying, I got to get right with God or begin with God, would you lift your hand right now? If that's you, come on, lift it up, lift it up, lift it up. Every location, we will wait for you. This is the most important decision of your life. The most important decision. You're far from God. You got to come home. You've never invited Jesus to be your leader. Lift it up right now. We are waiting on you. God's waiting on you. Come on home, prodigal. God loves you. Online, put a hand emoji in the chat. God's waiting on you. He loves you. 
I want to pray this prayer loud and proud, every person in our church, to encourage those who lifted their hand. Can you pray? Jesus, thank you for the cross. Thank you for your resurrection. Raise me to new life. Forgive me of my sin. Do miracles with me. Exceed my expectations. I trust you today as leader, as Lord, and as Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen to me. If you are prayed that prayer, we believe you're saved. Your best days are ahead. Heaven is your destiny. And while it may not get easier, we know it's going to get better. Let's give it up for all those who cross the line of faith today. Thanks so much for joining us today. I especially want to thank those of you who give generously to help us revive every block. If you enjoyed this message, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, screenshot it, and post your social stories and tag us at The Block Church. We'd love to hear from you and how you found this encouraging and inspiring. Thanks again, and God bless you.